0: So a couple of weeks ago, I got this simple text, just a simple little text that said, one other question, do you have any interest in some sort of team teaching with me? Women is the topic. It was super nonchalant, like just this little, so what do you think, right? Sounds like just another day, another little talk, something simple to say yes to, but... This text was actually from my pastor. It may seem super small, but my mind was totally blown. He was asking me to team teach with him on a Sunday morning for our weekly church service. (laughs) So the topic was a bit more detailed than women. Uh, More specifically, it was what they may need to hear And as Dan, my pastor and I gathered our thoughts together here in my office, he came with a pile of thoughts. I came with a pile of thoughts. And honestly, it was exactly the same stuff. And you know what? It wrapped all around confidence. And I know I know that I know that this is something, whether you raise your hand and say you are a believer, a Christian or not, it's a message that I know you'll be able to pull some amazing information from. Now, this podcast is a little like, uh, this episode is a little like, uh, uh, a little different than any of the other ones. This is actually, you'll be hearing a recording of our sermon, the one that Stan and I put together based on what we knew women needed to hear. Now, you can find this Of course, on uh, the Midcurrent Church uh, website, you can also listen to the one he did the week before, and that was for the guys. And I promise that it is a really good one too. But for now, I'm gonna loop you right in to uh, this this sermon series, specifically this one about women and what we may need to hear around this old little awesome subject.
1: Hey, good morning, MidCurrent. How's everybody doing today? Good. Good. Uh, It's good to have you here. My name is Sten. Uh, I'm the lead pastor here at MidCurrent Church, and we are in week two uh, of a series called Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. We are looking in this series uh, so far, we are looking at what is true of us, what's deep down in the hearts uh, of men and women, what what question we're asking ourselves even, uh, and what God's word might have to say to us in the midst of that. Last week, uh, if you were here, it was all about men, speaking directly to men. Uh, Such a great morning, maybe one of my favorites we've had uh, so far. And and the question that I think that all men, what we talked about. The question I think that all men are asking themselves is, what was I made for? And we discovered uh, that, I, that I think that, that, that men were made to fight. But we also learned an important lesson uh, that a real man knows what's really worth fighting for. This was such a powerful morning, a powerful message. Uh, If you missed it, I would just say, man, you got to hop online uh, and check it out. So good uh, to to take a listen to. Today, however, we flipped the script. Uh, And so we're we're talking all about or or talking to or talking for women uh, here today. And we're going to talk about one question that I think that we think uh, women, all women, are asking themselves in in one way or another. And fellas, the same rules apply this week to you uh, that applied to the ladies uh, last week. You can't walk out. Uh, We lock the doors. No, that's not true. Okay, But you still can't walk out. You can't check out. You can't check the scores on your ESPN app uh, because what we talk about today uh, is still very important uh, for you for a couple of different reasons. Number one, it very well may still be Totally true of you. What we talk about today may very well apply to you in some way. Here's number two. Even if it doesn't apply to you in the least bit, even if you finish this deal and go, Stan, that's one of the worst messages you have ever given here because that had nothing to do with me. Even if that's true of you, you have a wife, perhaps. You have a daughter. You have a niece. You have a granddaughter. You have a coworker that very well may be asking some of these questions that we're talking about today. And so you need to know that, and you need to hear that, and you need to know what's going on with them. So we're going to jump in, really excited. As we do, we jump into this week of the series. Let me give you a little insight into how I operate as a communicator when I stand here on Sunday mornings. This is the point of the message, these beginning moments here, where I work really hard to establish some credibility with you. I mean, I work hard to tell you, hey, I can relate to you. I know what it's like to be you. I know the world that you're living in. I know the questions that you are asking yourselves. I know the challenges that you face every day. This is the point of the message where I try to convince you, hey, I know what it's like to walk a day in your shoes. And so as I started to prepare for today's message to speak heart to heart, uh, face to face with women, one main question came to my mind. Uh-oh. <laughs> this could be a problem. Uh, so as you can see, uh, I got some help here this morning. This is Tina Pettis joining me this morning, and she is uh, the perfect person to uh, join me for this week uh, in the series for a couple different reasons. Number one, uh, she's a woman, so we th- thought that was a helpful uh, step in the right direction for what it is that we're talking about today. Uh, Number two, uh, and maybe more importantly, she is a mom who cares uh, deeply for her family. She is a a wife uh, who loves her her husband. She is a business woman. She is a business owner. Uh, She's involved in this community. She's involved in this church uh, and involved in so many things and so many places in life that really do matter the most. And so from so many different angles, uh, Tina has a lot of insight into what it is we're gonna talk about today. So I'm glad she agreed to join me. Tina, thanks for being here this morning.
0: Yeah, well, thank you, Sten, for having me. And I just, that was quite the intro. Um, and I'm honored, honestly, to share this pseudo stage with you, and I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I was curious how you were gonna tackle this whole women are from Venus thing. Um, and since usually Reading Minds is not on a pastor's resume and you look nothing like Mel Gibson, sorry.
1: I'm not even sure how much I want to look like Mel Gibson, so I don't know if I'm offended by that or not. I don't know if I was supposed to be offended by that. So, uh, yeah, I'm not sure how much I'm bothered by that. But nonetheless... Uh, I still want to talk about the, the Women Are From Venus part of today. And it was after talking uh, to, to my own wife even, it was after talking uh, more to Tina, um, that, that one question really rose to the top. In fact, when Tina and I kind of brought our, our, our notes together, one thing came to the top, one question that we think all women are asking in some way or another, in some place of their life, there's one qu- question that women are asking themselves, one question uh, that maybe even haunts Uh, women today. Tina, what is that question? It's the question that that I think most uh, women are asking, whether they are uh, single or or standing at the altar or or building a home or or launching a career or just mingling for the first time with a bunch of ladies that they've never met before. What is that one question that that we think so many women today are asking?
0: Yeah, no, men, you may be on the edge of your seats, like waiting for the punchline here, but I have a feeling that the women in the room have already answered it. And that question is, am I enough? Am I enough for my husband? Am I enough for my family? Enough for my kids? And as I was prepping for this and telling my daughter, she goes, Mom, but you know, when the kids run in the house at the end of the day, you know you're enough, right? Um, but we still ask these questions. Enough for my company? Am I enough for this project? Am I enough for this church, for this community? Am I enough to lead this team? Am I a good enough cook? Is my house clean enough? Am I good looking enough? Am I in good enough shape? The list goes on, and honestly, the question literally does not end.
1: Yeah, this. Uh, the more we talked about this, uh, and this may be true for 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 more than just women, but the more I, we talked about this, it's like, man, uh, what a what a heavy, what a, what a haunting question in so many ways. And to the extent that this is true for for women in our lives, men, this is such a good thing for us to just know, to be aware of, that the important women in our life, whether it's family or or in the workplace or whatever, it's so good for us to know that this might be the question in some place, in some way that they are asking, am I uh, good enough? And and it's one that we thought that, yeah, maybe so many uh, people, so many women are asking themselves today. Maybe so many women here in this church are asking themselves uh, today. Now, Tina, you've got so many good things uh, going for you in your life. And so before we give off the impression in some way that you're up here because uh, you've you've figured it all out, you know, you found the the magic bullet or that you're like some real life super uh, woman, is this a question as as we're putting this in front of people today saying, hey, I think women are asking this question. Is this a question that you have found um, to be asking yourself at all?
0: Well, as hard as it is for me to admit, yes. Oh goodness, yes. Actually, I asked it as I was walking in in the rain, and my hair started to like sink, and it wasn't quite the fluffy uh, self I thought. Is this? Is my hair big enough? Um, but no, really. Um, really, I ask myself this question on a daily basis. Um, sad, sad to say.
1: Yeah. I actually used to have very long hair down to my shoulders, and I know that feeling of humidity uh, and rain and feeling like, ooh, this could going to be bad. Okay, so I, to some degree, uh, I can relate here, okay? Uh, so as much as this is true for, for Tina, uh, as much as this is true for, for my own wife, I, I think even in talking with her, as much as this is true for other important women in my life, um, I, I started realizing man, how, how true this must be in some shape and some form uh, for, for most women. Right, Young and old, single or married, homemaker, business owner, chief executive, uh, mother or grandmother. This is the one question that's nagging in, in the back of the mind of so many women today in so many different places in life. Am I enough? I mean, do I really fit the bill? Uh, in fact, I was so fascinated to, to just to learn how prevalent this is generation to generation, how far this spans. I was fascinated to learn uh, about a conversation that, that my wife Erica once had with a group of young women. She had the chance to kind of sit around the table with a group of like 18 to 20 uh, something year old girls. And to talk about, she, she, was like, she was like, this was so fun. She's had a chance to talk to them about what life was really like for them. And I was so fascinated to learn that this young group of women almost openly admitted, they were able to just kind of name it uh, and, and put their finger on it, openly admitted that their status and their worth and their reputation uh, in their world was determined by getting enough likes on Facebook. And on Instagram uh, and, and on social media, I know we all kind of joke about that like, "Oh hey my, you know the picture it got another like, right But these girls in, in some way were saying, no, this was real, this was legit, um, that, that you are the amount of likes that you get." right? That's another place where you got to get enough. And I'm so floored uh, to learn of that, to learn of the incredible weight and and the burden that that, that's got to be to to live under, to have your worth in some ways uh, determined by the number of blue thumbs that light up on the screen um, of your iPhone. And to me, this just highlighted uh, one of the many, many, many ways that that women of all ages are asking this question, am I enough? Ladies, in any way, are we on to something Here this morning, okay, heads are nodding. Uh, So so maybe we're on to something here. So if you're tracking with us right now, uh, then maybe you'll be tracking even more uh, with this. Tina, share with everybody what you shared with me, that as much as women uh, are asking this question from your perspective, uh, most often women already have uh, an answer to this question.
0: Yeah, honestly, the answer sometimes even comes before the question, I am not enough for You fill in the blank. It actually makes me cry just thinking about the lies we women tell ourselves. In the ever so popular and trendy book, Girl, Wash Your Face by Rachel Hollis, she dives right into the lies. They're covered in every single chapter, on every single page, and women are clamoring to read this book. Why? Because they can relate. One lie in particular with an entire chapter dedicated to it is this, I am not enough. This is the one I related to the most. She, See, she admitted to being a workaholic. Now, me too. It's the one thing I can totally rock. I can crush goals, um, confidently get on stage and speak to hundreds, happily walk into a room of people I have never met, track numbers, mentor others. I can keep patting myself on the back here if you want me to, But, but really. Um, if you were to ask me about my skills as a domestic diva, I would first of all laugh a little bit, and then I would have to think about it and maybe re- be reminded, but with more time to think about it, I would pile on the, I am not enough. My servingware has chips in it, I usually forget some sort of, uh, um, part of the recipe. Uh, My floors are lucky if they get cleaned between the house cleaner coming. Do not judge me, even (laughs) if you're invited over to my house. And our clothes for the day are usually picked out of a clean laundry basket. Um, The thing is, the only reason I came up with this disdain is that I compared my home to my girlfriend's homes and the ones I see flooding the feed's on Instagram. And
1: this is where it can be so hard, this this comparison trap. I mean, we've even talked about that here, the danger of this comparison trap because when when this is the kind of the game that we start playing, uh, the fear is constant uh, and and the lies come in from every single angle. You are not enough, right? Someone else is or someone else has really uh, done it better. And So now just in case that you think this is almost like a a modern day uh, problem, a modern day challenge in the life of a woman today, I think we actually see this throughout Time throughout history that this traces back uh, so far. I think if we look closely, we say we see the same question kind of uh, silently sabotaging uh, women throughout history, actually, all the way back to to Jesus's uh, day and to one woman in particular. Her name is Martha. We've looked at Martha and her sister Mary's story before. but, but I think this morning, if we look at it closely, if we look at it from a different angle, even we see this is the same question. I think that this is the same question haunting even in Martha, because what happens here? Jesus comes to visit Martha and Mary's home, and, and Mary is content to just drop everything and to shoot the breeze with Jesus. Her sister, though, Martha, on the other hand, seems to have this idea when you read the story. She seems to have this idea that she has to have something to show for herself if she is gonna show her face with Jesus in her house. So what does that look like? Luke writes for us here, uh, and he says this, that Martha was distracted by what? By all the preparations that had to be made. Right, that the house wasn't clean enough. Floors had to be swept a little bit more. Right? That the food wasn't good enough. I had to double check, didn't skip a step in the recipe. Right? The decorations weren't chip and Joanna a fixer upper enough. You know what I'm talking about, right? And so I'm just wondering as I read the story with a different lens, I'm wondering, man, is Martha convinced of the same thing? Is she convinced that she wasn't enough until all of that was enough?
0: Stan, what is pretty crazy about that is not only is she distracted um, with all that she thinks she has to do, but she's drawn to both comparison and judgment for what her sister has chosen to do. Her only measuring stick is another woman, in this case, her sister, and standing side by side, she's not sure that she's got it right. Now, if this is true for any other ladies here today, my fear is that you're in for a long, exhausting, always losing, never-ending journey. A journey where worth and value are elusive. Always just out of reach. Because right when you finally did it, someone did it better. As soon as you bought it, someone bought it bigger. As soon as you got the job, someone got a better one. As soon as you bought the rug you were saving for, you noticed your Instagram crush already has it in two colors. And as soon as you reached your goal, someone else just reached a higher one.
1: Yeah, this can be tough. With this kind of terrain out there, I mean, I think that, again, even for for me, I I resonate with the stuff. So I think with this kind of terrain out there, with the bar always uh, being raised higher, with with the carrot always uh, dangling just a little bit further out in front, I start to wonder, uh, for for men, for for women, uh, I start to wonder, man, where does real confidence come from? in all this. But when we're constantly uh, kind of looking to the left and to the right and comparing ourselves uh, against what we see, where where does real confidence come from? Is confidence is such a fickle thing. Right? You look to the left and you go, "Ooh, I'm doing pretty good." And then you look to the right and you go, "Ooh, you're not doing as good as that." <laughs> confidence is such a fickle thing. I mean, always changing, always moving. So where does real confidence come from? That's the question as we sat in the midst of this question. Am I enough? And I'm never enough. I started wondering, man, where does real confidence for men, for women, where does real confidence come from? Where does it develop? Because it is such a fickle thing. I started to wonder, is it possible to develop a type of confidence that does not depend on what you do? And as I comb through the Bible and started to kind of wonder what God has to say about this, well, here's the spoiler alert. The answer is yes. I think there is a way to develop a confidence that does not depend on what you do. The answer is yes, and I think the answer is hidden uh, in Psalm 139, it's an awesome psalm, uh, one that's meant a ton to me. Uh, maybe you've heard it before. We're going to take a look at it here, really quickly. Here, what's great about the psalms, um, if, if you've never read them before or never really leafed through them, is is that that oftentimes psalms uh, they give you words to say, they give you prayers to pray when you don't have the words uh, or when you don't have the, the prayers uh, to pray yourself. And maybe this is uh, where some of you are at today. Maybe because some of what we're talking about here, maybe this is where you're at today. Don't have the words, don't have the prayers to pray. Uh, If so, psalms can be a perfect place to step into. So take a listen to this psalm. That's 139. Uh, We're going to jump in about halfway, but but take a listen uh, to the confidence that that you hear. At least I do. Take a listen to the confidence that you hear uh, from the writer of uh, of this psalm and and start to notice where this confidence really comes from. Here's how it starts in about uh, verse 13. It's The writer of the psalm starts saying this, for you, God, You created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Verse 14, listen to this. So I praise you. Writer said, hey, I'm feeling good. I'm giving thanks, God. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. If you're following along, if you're taking notes or just mentally, circle those words, fearfully and wonderfully. We're gonna come back to those, right? The writer says, I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, and I know that full well. I know it, God. I feel it. Your works are wonderful, and I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days were ordained for me. All days were ordained for me, uh, were written in your book before one of them came to be. Think about this for a second. This is really cool to me if we stop right here. All days were ordained for me. They were written in your book before one of them came to be. What that's saying is, God, you ordered my days before anything actually played out, before I wrote the book, before I started the business, before I got the job, or before her kids walked and talked ahead of mine. God, You already had a plan for me. Uh, you, you already ha- were you know, lining things up for me. None of that actually mattered, God, because you had already charted out my course uh, before the first domino ever fell. That's uh, so incredible f- for me to think about, God, that before a single day unfolded, you had set it up for me. You had set out a, a-, a path for me. It goes on, verse 17 How precious then are whose thoughts about me, their thoughts? How precious are uh, my girlfriend's thoughts or or my mom's thoughts or my mother-in-law's thoughts? No, how precious are your thoughts about me, God? How vast is the sum of them? Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. And I, I, I read this, not only my I to know that, man, God has a plan for us, a plan for you before any one of your days ever came to be, there's really two words I kind of asked you to take note of, and there's two words that I think jump out most. And these are the two words that seem to me to be the cause for the confidence that this writer expresses. And those two words that I want us to hear, that I want every woman to hear this morning, uh, these are the two words that I want women to zero in on. And those two words are this, fearfully, and wonderfully, fearfully and wonderfully made. The writer of this psalm reminds us that we are fearfully and wonderfully made and that we can feel good because of, because of it, right? He's saying, God, I praise you. Your works are awesome. I know that. And so I praise you because of it, right? We're fearfully and wonderfully made, the cause for the confidence that this writer writes with. Now, here's the thing. Psalms were written... Uh, In Hebrew, and in Hebrew, when we look at these, these words actually pack a little more punch than they might just on the surface value. So let's look at what this is uh, really getting at here. Here, Here's the word wonderfully. We'll start there. This is maybe easier, the two, for us to understand. right? When when you pick apart this uh, word in the language that it was originally written in, wonderfully means distinguished or set apart. Distinguished and set apart. See, I wonder if God watches us measuring ourselves up against them, uh, against him, or measuring ourselves up against her, to her skills, her her abilities, her home. And I wonder if he's saying, no, 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 no. Come on. don't, don't, Don't compare yourself to her. Don't try to be her. I set you apart from her right, to, to fill a different gap than her, to make a, a different mark in the world than her, right, this wonder, you were wonderfully made, distinguished, and set apart, okay, that's the first piece, here's the second, fearfully, fearfully and wonderfully made, this, this one maybe uh, is not as easy to comprehend, here's, here's what it doesn't mean, okay, it doesn't mean that when God created us, when he knit us together, it doesn't mean he was afraid, uh, of, of, of this process or afraid of what was uh, gonna come out when he, he, he finished uh, uh, us. No, the, 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 the Hebrew word fearfully, it's the word yareh. And here's what it means. It means to cause astonishment or awe or to inspire reverence or to inspire godly awe. That's what fearfully means. To inspire uh, uh, awe or, 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 or godly awe to, to cause astonishment. So when you put this together, here's what you get, right? That from the moment you were created, before a single day of your life ever unfolded, you were special, you were set apart, you were impressive, you were already enough, and you were hardwired from the very beginning with a value and a worth that had nothing to do with what you did. And even when you did it, even when you uh, you know built it, didn't matter, right? But before you ever did it, before you ever made it, before you ever built or created anything, you were created to inspire. You were created to produce awe. You you were created to reflect and to point to how awesome God really is. That's fearfully and wonderfully made. From the very beginning, before your days ever came to be, this was the design, God's design for you, fearfully and wonderfully. And wonderfully made. And so, what that tells me is this: when we're trying to figure out confidence, where where does confidence really come from? When it's so fickle, here's what fearfully and wonderfully made says to me: that confidence comes from how you were created, not what you have created, or what you will create. Let me say that again: your confidence comes from how you were created. That's fearfully and wonderfully. Your confidence comes from how you were created, uh, not what you have created or what you will create.
0: Now, I'm not gonna lie. This was a hard one uh, for me to swallow. It isn't the name I've created or the businesses I have built online following I have grown. You know what? It's not our reputation, ladies. The size of our homes or our bank accounts or how cute our kids look on Sunday morning. I had to figure this one out the hard way, though. In fact... One of the lowest points in my life is when I had all this kind of figured out and was quite successful at it. I am thankful I surrounded myself with women, faith-filled women, that turned me in the right direction and helped me put my priorities in the correct order. See, if you'd asked me a couple years ago about my priorities, for sure I would have been like, oh yeah, I got that on lock, I'm good, Um, they're in the right order, but it wasn't the truth. Actually, it was pretty far from it. It went something like this, business, 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 sprinkle in a few snuggles, uh, get a date night out there for social media, and attend church on the weekends. Now, it sounds sort of horrible because it was, and I laugh now because it's over, Um, but the good news is this, and something that my husband reminds me of frequently is there's never a wrong time to do the right thing.
1: That's good, never a wrong time to do the right thing. Uh, that's really awesome. Um, and thanks, Tina, for being honest about um, some of that. I think other ladies uh, it, it can resonate in some way. In, in some place, I think they can res- resonate with that because the truth is I think it's easy for all of us, I think it's easy to get priorities um, out of whack when your worth or your value is linked only to what you have uh, created, only, only what you have uh, to, to, to show for. Uh, And so what we hope you hear today is that it's not about what you have created. It's not about what you will create, but rather there was something special. There was something about you uh, um, from from day one. There was something special. There was something uh, uh, um, awesome about how you were created. That's fearfully and wonderfully. Ladies, you were distinguished from day one. That's something that we want you to know. We want you to know that you were designed, uh, the way that God knit you together, you were designed to inspire before a single day or accomplishment or failure whatever transpire in your life. We want you to know that there is worth, there is value in how it is that God put you together. That We want you to know that there is value and there is worth in you because of how you were created, not what you have created or what you will ever create in the years to come. We want you to know that you are not what you have made. Uh, and to us, to me, as we sat here and talked about this, we thought, man, that, that's such a powerful truth that we want women to hear, that you are not what you have created, or that there's so much more than that. It's such a powerful truth for us all here, but as we thought more about it. We started to think, you know what, the real power in this uh, it actually comes only as much as you're willing to do two things with this. So powerful, so true that you are not what you created. But the real power, I think, comes only as much as you're willing to do two things. Number one, you got to model it personally and you got to promote it publicly. Such a powerful thing to to, to download, right? You are not what you have created. Your confidence comes from how it was that you were created, not what you have created. You are not what you have created, but the, the, the power in that comes only in as much as you're willing to model it personally and, and promote it publicly. So, so, lady, you gotta model this uh, for yourself. You gotta model honesty. You gotta model uh, vulnerability. To be honest about what, what life is like, you have to take hold of this truth that you are not what you have created. And you gotta hold on to that and believe it to be true uh, for your own life. You have to model this type of confidence. That's what we want for you. You have to model this type of confidence uh, for, for others around you. And here's the truth. I almost guarantee that people will be drawn to that uh, type of, uh, of confidence in you, a confidence that does not depend uh, on what you do. And I think that starts uh, in you, starts for you, when you start believing what God says about you, that, you, that he created you for a real uh, purpose. Here's Ephesians 2.10, where we add on to this whole deal and add more uh, layers to this thing. Ephesians 2.10 says that you are God's masterpiece, that, that that's a work of art, uh, created in Christ, it says, uh, to do the things that God prepared, what, in advance For you to do. Meaning, once again, that before a single day or moment unfolded in your life, uh, God created you and said, "Mm, Yeah, this is gonna be good. So you gotta believe that. Uh, You got to step into that truth. You got to stop telling yourself uh, that that something is is wrong with you somewhere or or somehow. Now, here's what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that you just uh, stop trying or or stop caring when it comes to important things in your life. I'm not saying, oh, just stop trying to be a better parent or or stop trying to be uh, a a better businesswoman or stop trying to improve in, in important places in your life. No, I'm not saying that you can just throw your hands up and say, it doesn't matter. All I'm saying is you have to stop feeding yourself the lie that you are what you create. You gotta stop feeding yourself the lie that you are never enough. You gotta model it personally. You gotta put on that confidence that comes uh, not from what you do, but from who you are. So that's the first one. You gotta model it personally. And then number two is this, I think you have to promote it publicly. What does that mean? It means you've got to do your part to make sure that women in your community, in your world, in your sphere of influence, in your neighborhood, in this church, you got to make sure that more women see and hear and experience that truth for themselves. You've got to promote this idea for the other women in your life. you got to quit you know, sizing them up and cutting them down based on what they have done or haven't done, right? Because none of that is where real confidence comes from. You got to band together as ladies and see that more ladies can step into this. And when you do this, when you promote this idea publicly, right? Because you want to model it personally. You want to walk with this type of confidence. But when you promote this publicly, when you promote this wildly uh, and recklessly, here's what you're doing. You're, You're doing two things for other women in your sphere of influence every day. You're sending a loud message to other women that you are enough and that you're not alone. When you promote this as far and wide as you can for the women in your life, you're sending a big, giant message that says you're not, enough, uh, that, that you're not alone and that you are enough. Uh, and so I just feel like as a group, as a community, as a church, as neighbors, as best friends, you've got to band together and you say, nope, we're not going to buy into these lies a- a- any longer. You got to do that together. So, Tina, what does that look like? What what could it look like? Uh, what will it look like? Maybe in here, uh, mid current for, for this community—the one that we're trying to build.
0: Yeah. So, awesome enough, we already have this beautiful community growing. Uh, at the end of this month, we're gathering together at a retreat in uh, northern Wisconsin, and um, that group kind of kind of came from um, from a text. I uh, one of the first texts I shot, Erica was. Let's do a Bible study together. And of course, she already had something in mind, something brewing, something going on. And that something was called the if table. Each month, we circle around tables. We nosh on some awesome food. And we answer four, four questions, four simple questions. Um, they're simple but vulnerable it's not scary. I promise, like, even for the introverts, I ask them just to make sure since I'm not one. But, see, this time is for us to go deep. And I know that's such a churchy term, uh, but so important if we're going to rise above the lies we tell ourselves. Why? Because, because in the words of uh, Craig Groeschel, we impress people with our strengths but we connect with people through our weaknesses. And I'm going to say that again because it's worthy of it. We impress people with our strengths, but we connect with people through our weaknesses. This is going deep, being vulnerable and honest, and women need that. And we want that so badly for you. Even if that means, you know, telling a whole room of unfamiliar faces that you don't sweep your floors. Um, no, now I know that right there is about as um, really surface level as it gets, but if you if we had more time and we do at IF, um, you would hear me share the deep valley we walked through in our marriage, uh, broken friendships that came after that, and a failed business to put the cherry right on top.
1: Yeah honesty, uh, vulnerability, modeling it personally, what it means to defeat those lies, and and then promoting it publicly for more uh, and more women. To me, it's exciting um, to think how the women at at mid-current church could lead the way. I mean, it's exciting for me to think about the ladies here that they could carve out a new uh, path, could start to write a new narrative, could create a, a new experience and a new norm for for women uh, in this community, in, in the St. Croix Valley. Can you imagine a community where you didn't have to pretend to be or, or wish that you were someone else uh, in order for you to be kind of welcomed through the front doors or, or welcome into the next uh, Layer or, or whatever. Can you imagine a community where you didn't have to have the, uh, the right kind of resume? You didn't have to measure up. You didn't have to have a resume that was perfectly or, or, uh, you know, or little kids that already knew their ABCs at, at the right time? Can you imagine what it would be like to, to walk into a community where none of that uh, mattered? Can you imagine what it would be like to walk into a community that says, hey, you're already enough simply because of who you are and because of how God created you, not what it is that you have created uh, for yourself? know you are enough and you would help other women uh, to know it too. I'm, I, I'm, not a, I'm not a girl, but I want to be a part of a community like that. All right, I'm in. I, I want to be, be a part of a community uh, uh, like that. And I imagine that you do too. Ladies, I imagine that, that you'd like to be a part of a community uh, like that. So, so the question then is, ladies, would you do your part? Would you model it personally? Would you promote it publicly? Would you do your part to help make that happen? Guys, would you do your part uh, for the, the important women uh, in your life to help them rise above this kind of lie, this kind of nagging question They wonders, "Am I enough?" God, would you would you do your part in the midst of it too? Right? We we just want to encourage you. Model it personally. Promote it publicly. Promote it widely. Promote it recklessly for all the women you come in contact with. We want more and more people in the St. Croix Valley to to know this and to experience this uh, that you are not what you have created. Let me pray for us. God, we give you thanks uh, for this morning, and I'm, I'm grateful just for the chance to, uh, to, to change things up this morning, to have, have Tina join me to take a look at um, just the life of, of women today. God, it, you know, I think that in so many different places, these are the, the questions somehow, some way, that all women, God, women are, are, are different. They're, they're in all different walks of life, all different stages of faith, uh, young and old, but I think in some places, in some corners of their world, this question uh, is sitting there wondering, uh, could this be true, am I enough, do I fit the bill here God, and I just pray that you would help uh, send the message loud and and, and clear today to all women, to all men, to all boys, to all girls, uh, that we are enough, God, would you remind us of that and would you help us to know that there was something special uh, about how we were created, God certainly you have created us to do some really awesome things, uh, but God that's not where value and worth and, and, and confidence really comes from So I pray that you would help more and more of us to know, God, that there was something special about how we were created. And we give you thanks for that, God. We pray that more and more men and women would would take hold of that truth in their life. Um, And we'd carve out a new new norm, God, a new path, a new community for people to step into. God, that's our prayer. Uh, And we pray these things in your name this morning.